we're in a series called Hope. And um, so la- last week, we, we connected Jeremiah 29, 11, a very familiar passage to a lot of us. It, it says that, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And we looked at how that works throughout Scripture and how that message is, was not just from Jer- Jeremiah to the Israelites that he initially gave it to, but that it is consistent across all of Scripture that this is a message that God has for us in this day as his people. And so, so this is what God desires for us, that he wants to give us a hope and a future. And so today, we're going to talk about the next step kind of in that, which is to be open to change. Because if we're going to move into a new place, then we cannot stay the same. Does that make sense? You know, if you stay the same, what's going to happen? You're going to stay the same. Yeah, it ain't nothing going to happen. You're gonna <laughs> you know, there's not going to be this life change that we want. And if we're going to live as followers of Jesus Christ, then we have to be open to this idea of change in our lives. If you, it, if you interact with the power of the living God through the Holy Spirit, you cannot stay the same. It is not possible. You're going to be moved and, and you're going to be changed. And the passage of scripture that I'm going to use today is out of uh, Ephesians. It's from Paul to the church at Ephesus. It's chapter 4. And over the course of this morning, we're going to go from verse 21 to verse 32. I'm going to break that up. But Paul does a very interesting thing uh, in this passage of scripture as he presents kind of the don'ts or, or the negative, but then he counterbalances that with the do's or the positives in our life. So I, I want to I take a, a little bit of time this morning to explore that kind of that dynamic. So Ephesians 4, verse 21 through 24. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, so he's over here, and then he says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new, new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And Paul often does this. He often points out this duality of our existence here on this planet. It's, there's a dual nature in his writings that we are flesh, that we have a human nature that wants what it wants, and then we are spirit that wants the things of God. He doesn't dodge that the goals of the flesh are absolutely not the same as the goals of the spirit. And here in this passage, he, passage, he connects us to our old sinful nature, our former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. We have a part of us that will constantly be working on us to get what it wants to get while it can get it. That's that what's in it for me part of us, that I worked hard for this part of us, that I earned it so I should be able to do what I want. There's a lot of I in that. You ever spell sin for me? S-I-N. So face-to-face people, what, what, what'd you... I, yeah, there's like a little S and a big old I and a little N because there's a lot of sin when our focus is on I and on us and on what I want. And, and, and that can be anything from acting out sexually to extravagant living to trying to climb a social ladder, a status ladder without regard to the things of God. Our flesh, our old nature, that part of us that's in us desires for us to live for ourselves solely make it all about me if i could, if it makes it all about me then then i can do what i want i'm justified in doing that but scared you 
There is another path. It's a little bit more difficult because it doesn't align with our culture and our world. It asks us things like we need to renew our mind, to renew our thoughts and our attitudes, to make new, to renew our thoughts and our attitudes so that we're not seeking only to fulfill that what's in it for me part of us, that get mine while I can part of us. There's another piece to that. This is the new nature that Paul talks about. When we say things like, I am created in the image of God, we're pointing to being and becoming something very different than what we were. And that's a change from, from that place. But here's what's cool. It's something very special, too. It's a special move for us. We are to be like God, according to Paul. Now, that's not be God. Amen? It's to be like God, to be like unto God. And in, this, in that sense, we pursue some of the harder traits in life, some of the righteousness. How do I do the things that are right? Purity, holiness, the, those are Christian words, but really to do the right thing to become more like God is. And I have to tell you, this battle is one of the most difficult that each of us face, that all of us face here on this planet. And our flesh is going to win some of those battles, and our spirit is going to win others. And I shared a video of, of this story. It's a Cherokee uh, Indian story about the two wolves. And so I wanted to kind of revisit that. This is Mike's interpretation of that, of that story. You know, there's the flesh part of it. There's the human nature part of us, and that's, that's one of the wolves. But there's also the spirit part of us and, and, and the godly part of us, and that's the other one. And did you know that wolves are territorial? That wolves, they, they, they have a territory that they protect and they guard and they live in. And, and if, if you get in that territory, you know what they do? They run you out. So if the flesh wolf, the human nature wolf, is stronger than the spirit wolf, then it's gonna, that battle's going to happen and it's going to continue to run out the spiritual wolf. But if the spiritual wolf is stronger, then it's going to run out the flesh side, the human nature side. Doesn't mean that it's gone forever, though, because every once in a while that's, hey, what about this? You need to be doing this. And then it has to run it back out. And, of course, the answer is up here. Which one wins? The one that you feed, the one that you, that you help to grow. The, if, if you seek the things of the Spirit and you feed the things of the Spirit, then that wolf is going to be stronger. It does not mean that you will not have to battle the things of the flesh because you're going to have to battle that. That's a part of our life here on this planet. There will be a day. It's part of our hope. When all of that is gone and, 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 and in heaven and in eternity, that battle is, is, there's no more flesh part of us. And that battle is done. But all of our life here, that battle is just going to be a part of our existence. And we have to be willing to fight that battle. So what, how do you feed the wolf? What do you do? And that's what is up to us. We have to make that choice. Do we feed the old nature? Do we stay the same and not change? Or do we feed the new nature? Corey talked about some of the things that feed this new nature, prayer, worship, spending time with God. Because whichever one we choose is going to win that battle. So that is up to us. Verse 25 goes on. It says, stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives the foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. 
Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do you notice the realm that Paul is working in here? It's a realm that we talk a lot in, in, at Arbor Point about. It's the realm of choice. It's the realm of personal choice. We're, we were given free will, and we get to use it for positive things if we choose to, to build up and not tear down. That scripture reinforces that too, that that's part of our journey is how do we build others up and not tear them down. Now, Paul does give us some pretty big don'ts in this passage of scripture. Don't lie. Don't let anger control you. Don't steal. Don't use foul and abusive language. Good rules to live by. But the Bible and God's teaching is not simply a a book of don't do thises. It's not just don't do this. There's more to it than that. There are do's that we can focus on. There are things to do because if there's, if all we do is focus, how do you don't do something? You just don't do it, right? You know, what's the action involved in not doing? Um, I don't know, but I just don't, you know. But thankfully, God doesn't leave it with just don't. He says do, which is good for us because if all we do is focus on the don't, then we give ourselves too much time and then our head runs away with us and we end up doing the don't. You know, and, and we don't want to do the don'ts. Mike Warnke, Christian comedian, long time ago, he told this great big old long joke, and he was hilarious, but really what all he was saying was, if I spend my time doing the do's, I don't have time to do the don'ts. And that's what our focus in, in our journey with Christ needs to be. So instead of lying, tell the neighbor the truth. Focus is not on not lying. Now, we don't lie, but the focus is, how do you not lie? You tell the truth. Instead of giving in to anger, don't let it control you and deal with it in the moment. So instead of not being mad, if you get upset, deal with it by dealing with the issue at hand instead of just letting it go, you know? Some of you know what I mean. There's one or two of you in here who deal with anger, amen? (laughs) I don't personally, so that's all good. Um, (laughs) Instead of being abusive, instead of being an abuser, uh, picking on people or, or all of that, be an encourager with your words. So, so the don'ts are counterbalanced by do's, and it's wonderful that we are given that instruction because we need things to do. You know, that it's important for us. Build people up. Lord knows in this world of ours, we need, we need a lot more people building people up than we do tearing people down because there's plenty of tearing people down going on. So what if we were the counterbalance to what's going on in this world of ours and, and doesn't matter who's tearing down, what if we just started building everybody up and didn't buy into the, you know, I know it pulls us, but don't buy into that. I got sucked into that this morning by my brother on social media. I can't believe it. But build people up every chance that we get. Be an encourager. Verse 30, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Isn't that cool? That is cool. The don't here is don't bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by how we live. But man, this is so cool. Remember that he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. There's an amazing assurance that comes 
from God and the Holy Spirit of this eternal grace and love for us. It's amazing assurance that happens. If you don't know Jesus, you know, I invite you. To, by the way, if you ever get prompted by the Holy Spirit to, to come up and say, I want to accept Jesus, you can disrupt the message. I don't even care. You know, that's more important than anything I'm going to say. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Um, but there is this promise that we have that lays out an eternity before us, you know, and it's an amazing gift that, that is offered. So what do we do? Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior instead. So don't do these things. And how do we don't? Well, we haven't figured that out yet. But what we can do is be kind to each other, be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Be a forgiving people. Again, it's the don'ts, but they're followed by the do's, and, and I love that. Choices, always choices for us in the Christian life. Always this opportunity to, to not be stuck. We can choose to be stuck, but there's a choice to not be stuck. We serve a God who continually provides us with opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to make this choice. Am I going to go with the old sin nature? Am I going to go with, with human? Am I going to go with, with this world of ours? Or am I going to go with the Holy Spirit? Am I going to follow the ways of God? Am I going to seek that out, this new spiritual? nature and then it's up to us what we do with that choice he loves you that much he loves me that much that he will not force me to make a decision that that's not my own because if there is not choice there is not love and he loves us too much to leave us alone in that in this call now here at arbor point church we're working on launching celebrate recovery and January, please pray for us. January 2019 is what we're looking at launch, our launch date. And we've been meeting weekly in the best group that Arbor Point Church at West Jackson has ever had. <laughs> Celebrate Recovery makes this point. I'm going to put it up here in a minute. When it comes to the need to be open and available to change in our lives and in our recovery from hurt habits and hang-ups, that separate us from God's grace. And let me say, I know when I say recovery, it, you, you're likely to have gone to addiction and, and substance abuse, but recovery in the context of celebrate recovery is, is hurts, they, anger issues, uh, mental health stuff, you name it. It's hurts, hang-ups, and habits, the things that separate us from God. Here's what celebrate recovery has to say. It says, throughout our lives, we will continue to encounter hurts and trials that we are powerless to change. Some of the things that we face in life are going to happen whether we want them to or not. We cannot control everything. Control in that sense is just an illusion. We don't have it. But with God's help, with God's help, we can be open to allow those trials to change us. And I love this. To make us better, not bitter. Better not bitter. We're going to face struggles. We're going to face trials, and they're going to be too much for us to handle. And I know that there's a passage of Scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That doesn't mean that you do it alone. It doesn't mean you do it alone. So what do we do with these moments? Well, Peter had this to say. He said, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand. I know you can't read that, so I'm going to read it for you. 
Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety, cast your cares on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind, because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever Amen. And I believe that Peter is correct, that humility, with this humility he's talking about, we can allow God to pick us up, to lift us when we get down. Now, the funny thing about that is that God almost always uses who? Other people. We get a gift every once in a while that doesn't involve other people, but almost always it's other people. People, the body of Christ coming alongside us, uh, each of us coming together in a crisis. Uh, someone like my old sponsor, Fish, who was not a Christian, but who helped me immensely in my early recovery to, to give me, you know, to do the lift. God used him. God used him. And God will use whoever God chooses to use in our life. The question is, will we be humble enough to accept that help? Because most of us don't want to accept somebody else's help. Stop. Don't get involved in my life. Leave me alone. I'm going to handle it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm a divine. Don't you know? That means that I just handle stuff because with a name like that, you got to be able to do anything, right? <laughs> Wrong. But I didn't know that. It took me a lot of years to figure that out. See, the devil is out there trying to devour us. He's looking for who he can devour. Isn't that a scary word? Devour. He's looking to swallow us up, but God will restore us. God will make us strong and hold, hold us firm and steadfast. And Paul explained to Timothy that he, Timothy, and this actually, he included us in this, would have to go through some difficulties, that it was going to happen just like Paul did, but we never go through them alone. This is out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, 10 through 13. You, however, know all about my teaching, this is Paul, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Now, Paul went through a lot of stuff in his work with for God. That, this is what he had to say. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I'm sorry. It's a will be. Evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. This is just part of the deal here. So when we try to walk alone, Satan's got us right where he wants us because now we're trying to do it on our own and, 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 and we end up isolated. And that's not what God wants. You know the one constant in life? The one constant. Change. Change is the one constant. We resist it like crazy. I don't want to change, but it's the one thing that we can absolutely rely on. Now, we don't know what that change is going to look like, which is part of why we resist it so much. Who you are now, is that who you are, were 5, 10, 15, 20, longer? ago 
No. For us as Christians, for us as followers of Jesus Christ, change is necessary for us to become who God is calling us to be. It's necessary. There's no way to dodge that. There's no, no, you know, if you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are committed to that, then there is no uh, choice in that. Now, you have choice, but there's no choice in, in the reality that change is necessary. We can choose not to change, but what that means is that we're saying no to Jesus. Just be clear about that. I don't have to change. I can stay the same, but that's saying no to God. Because God is seeking change. There's a, a new life would seem to mean that the old life is going to have to go away. So we have to make a different choice. And here at Arbor Point uh, Church at West Jackson, we've seen, a, it, I've only been here for two and a half years. Can you believe that? And there's been all kinds of stuff that has changed. And, and, I, and for those of you who've been here longer, I know that you have weathered some incredible stuff and you've gone through a lot in this place. But just the last two and a half years, you know, particularly for those who have been in leadership, you've, you've weathered the internal moves early on when we had to redo a lot of the infrastructure stuff. We implemented a discipleship process. The starts and stops uh, and attempts at some of the things, some have worked that we've tried, some have not. We had a building opportunity that we were hoping for and I was pushing for, and that didn't work out, didn't get traction yet. And <laughs> but a funny thing happened to me last week as I was preparing this, this message. I read the Brazelton News, and, and in there, there's this uh, article about how there's going to be this, uh, these townhomes, 200 townhomes are going to get built between 332 and 53, east of us. I think that's east. Is that east? In other words, these lots right here that are fields are going to be townhomes. So maybe for this moment in Arbor Point Church's history, this push that I had to move was not what needed to happen right now. Now, I, look, I look forward to having our own building, <laughs> you know, in our own place, and, and, and the ministry that we can do, and having a playground, you know, that <laughs> you know, for Grow to Be You. But isn't it interesting that God works in and through different circumstances? I, 200 townhomes, spitting distance. It may be that it's okay to be here for this moment in our ministry. Celebrate Recovery, one of the things that happens in Celebrate Recovery is that they encourage a time, they call it, they call it the Solid Rock Cafe. After the meeting, there's a time just to get together and just have coffee and meet. And you know that part of our desire is to, has been to start a coffee house. You know what it might be? That after Celebrate Recovery, it might be that Jericho Village is not a coffee house. It might be a cafe that meets and that folks from Celebrate Recovery can hang out in and get to know one another and grow together. Jericho Village, breaking walls down, building people up. Things are starting to kind of come into view a little bit. But you know what? Trusting God, <laughs> that's hard. I'm impatient. By now, I'm sure you all know that. <laughs> And it's hard to trust when you don't see as clearly as what God sees, but this passage of Scripture is for us. It's for you and for me and our lives, but it's for Arbor Point Church at West Jackson. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I'm ready for that. I'm ready for whatever change God wants to bring into this place and into our lives to help us to be the, the movement for Jesus in this community that he desires us to be. Because that's real. And that's on its way.